blessings, blessings, blessings to everybody out there. This is the Myrie Jane Podcast. We're going to talk about in this episode about basically everything cannabis. But we're going to talk about how since legalization and even before legalization, basically the industry never or the industry or the law enforcement never been fair to black people. Right? Because before the legalization, right, one of the main targets because of stereotypes from a long, long time ago was the black community with cannabis. They always associated drugs, what they call drugs, with the inner city and the ghetto, right? They associate uh, marijuana with jazz back in the days and the music and call the devil's music. They associate it with reggae. They associate it with anybody who has dreadlocks or who looks like a hippie. Right? So, we don't know that black people have popularized and gave the acceptance for me waking up to in the morning with a split in my hand light in the right? other call up my brother to see what you got when it comes to the tree that greens in me red and yellow good cess makes me feel mellow happy say hello got that jello gelato green Mary Jane some people call it that kush but you know that I don't smoke that bush got that Mary Jane and I ain't insane come so fast down like that who love cannabis and are in the community or trying to be in the community or making their own community being really accepted by these companies, these dispensaries and everything what's going on right now. How much black owners of dispensaries are are, are, are around? Thanks to the Most High. Maybe people have a, maybe you're going to say, no, there's not really any. And maybe no one applied, but how do we know that? Like everything else, like a job application when you apply for a job, a lot of times you can be discriminated against. The same thing goes for any industry, including the cannabis industry. Right? So now, what's popular culture now? Hip-hop. Hip-hop is big all around the world. Very popular, like cannabis, marijuana, goes hand in hand. A lot of popular rappers are marijuana connoisseurs. They promote the the cannabis, Snoop, Wiz Khalifa. The list goes on, right? Method Man, Currency. Okay, now we got much respect to Burner. He got cookies. Um, He involves a lot of minorities. He does charity work and everything, right? And then we got all these other dispensaries, some in America, some here. And most most of the time, I guarantee 90% of the time is probably a white male who runs these dispensaries. 
and these the in these industries, right? So, what's very hypocritical I find is a lot of these dispensaries use our culture. They use the reggae music. They use the colors of the Rasta, the Rasta man, the Jamaican colors. They play the music. Um, same thing with the hip hop. They put it in their establishment, basically like a theme to say they're down. But are they really down? Has legalization helped? I'm going to say straight up the black man, because probably 90% of the times when a lot of people were convicted from cannabis, given big sentences, it was a black men and females, right? Big sentences, 20 years, 15 years, especially in the United States. Here, a little bit softer, but they were doing the same thing. Now, it makes you wonder now, because they never really took, they made it like marijuana was in a serious charge. They never really took it seriously, but they still were locking up black men for it and giving them more harsher sentences. I guarantee more than our Caucasian friends who are doing it illegal, if not on a bigger scale. There's a story, for example, of a guy from Barry. I'm no, not Barry, Burlington. He was a big grower. He got convicted. He went to jail for it, right? Over time as a grower in Canada. He moved to Jamaica, Negro, and basically got a, a contract, or he had the contract before he went there from the Jamaican government to do a big grow up. You see what I mean? To grow weed, to make money for the country. That's a good thing. But I'm just saying, there's a whole bunch of guys here, black, who probably tried that. And they went, you know where they went. They got locked up. Or that shit, they stopped that shit. All right? So it's the same thing going on for a black man or a black individual if they try to start a cannabis business in America or Canada. And how how hard is it you could imagine for us with the discrimination to get into something that is flourishing right now? Do they want us in it? I don't know. Let's see. So far, my evidence is this. They'll make you work for them, maybe, behind the cash. Here, behind the cashier, they'll watch you. They'll make you work for them as much as you want. Factories, whatever new inventions they come up with to sell the product. They'll use you to sell the product and everything and use your culture to sell the product. But once you probably try to get that license and stuff like that, they're going to really get at you. First of all, you probably can't have a criminal record. And you know already that's already been planted on many of, you know, the people. Now, if you're lucky enough that you, don't, you, you never got a record, 
they're still going to make it difficult for you like everything else. So my thing is this. Hip-hop been promoting marijuana for years. And like everything, black people, we love to share everything with everybody. Even the Jamaicans, when they came here, they shared the, the ganja to many people and the, hip, and the hippies and stuff like that. People used to think a lot of Jamaicans, all they do is just smoke marijuana. Right? Smoke marijuana, Jamaicans. Remember that stereotype. Right? How much Jamaican dispensaries are there? How many Jamaican dispensaries do you see? Don't tell me no one has tried to apply. There's probably people who tried to apply. There's Jamaicans with money. They have money too. What I'm talking about is the hypocrisy of people. We're facing like an invisible to many people, only if you have your eyes open, an invisible discrimination in the industry where they... It's like they have their own type of shadow ban. They will try to ignore you as much as you know or you do because they don't want you to be big because let's be straight up. I'm going to be straight up. Who are you going to believe more behind the counter? It's stereotypical. A Jamaican coming from Jamaica who knows about weed or somebody from here from that culture or someone from up here who looks like Doogie Hauser? Who are you going to believe? Not saying Doogie Hauser might not know anything, but it's just how pop culture sells stuff. People look on the image, right? The fairy tales. There's many people of all different cultures who know about cannabis. But I'm talking about the discrimination. What exists even in this culture. And how a guarantee, if you try to get into the business, they try to do all types of stuff to make you look crazy. They'll turn your own against you or try to get one, you know. They always do it. They done it. They do it in all movements. All types of movements. When a black man speaks, they're gonna get another black man to make that black man look crazy. It's been going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the top twenty dispensaries in Canada, right? Just a little rundown, a list of some of them. One is Dutch Love, right? Fire and Flower. Spirit Leaf. Calyx and Trichinomes. Edition. Honeypot. Superette. Welcome Cannabis. Delta 9. 420 Premium Market. Garden Variety, Prairie Records, Sweet Tree, the THC Canada, the Original Farm, 
What? Yeah, th that's just a couple numbers, names, man. I ain't going to go to all of them. That's just a couple names. But I guarantee almost 100% none of them is, is a black-owned cannabis dispensary in Canada. I guarantee you all of the dispensaries are not owned by one black person. There might be somebody who's married to somebody. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, probably black employees working at the dispensary. That's it. A manager or something like that. But I don't think there's any black dispensaries. And even in America, because I'd done an interview a couple months ago. Same goes there. There's people trying to develop things. But I think there's only really like, for example, in Las Vegas, one dispensary that's owned by black, a black person. But guess what? I guarantee a lot of blacks, and this is not the stereotype, is a big, big customers of these dispensaries. Because they legalized it in all the inner cities. They're going where the money is, like how they put out liquor. Detroit. Detroit. Remember what I'm saying. Washington, a long time ago. New York now, New Jersey. A lot of inner cities. I think even Chicago. The list goes on. I noticed, though, it's a lot of inner cities what had social problems very big. All of a sudden, this is legal. It's probably because of guilt locking up a lot of people from those cities back in the days for petty shit and giving them a lot of time. So this is a way to kind of, it's like a reparation of sorts. That they're giving, they're making it legal. You're not going to get locked up. You're not going to get harassed. Even if they find a good amount of weed on you now. You could be in Detroit. They find, find, find an ounce on you. Maybe you're not, you're not going to get locked up. Same thing with Chicago and all these other places where they used to lock you up probably for a split or less. Right? Why did they legalize? You know why they legalized? Because it affected other communities. And not meaning that it affected them in a way that it's got, it was hurting them. Like, you know, physically. It was hurting them in their pocket. It was hurting their background for criminal check, record checks. It was hurting other community. And it was not this, the community I'm talk, I was talking about recently. So now, when you legalize it now. The children from their community won't be, um, what do you say, in the same, in the same shadow, as the people who they used to accuse of having marijuana, mostly on them. Even if they didn't, they probably still accuse them. You know what I mean? So now that it's affecting suburban white kids and other types of people, they had to legalize it because of pop culture snoop dog and all these people these uh populations look up to right i know black people celebrate a lot of these artists but guess what other people do too and monkey see monkey do 
So now, if Snoop is cool with it, there's saying, Mom, Dad, Snoop's cool with it, and this guy's cool with it. And some of these parents are like, they were around when Snoop came out. Some of the older ones, mm, you know, they still got their views. But this is what's going on. So now you have these kids who grow up, and they're in this culture, and don't know and realize or don't care how they used to crucify certain people just for the marijuana. Yes, there's a lot of white brothers who have gotten locked up and gotten time or, you know, punished. But you could just imagine, like everything else, because we always get the end of the stick, what was going on with black people and weed. I know, for example, in Jamaica, I heard the stories. They would praise, yo, almost lock you up and throw away the key. And then you get, you're, you're going in a more worse situation. A lot of guys used to get locked up, so even accused maybe, not, not even maybe smoking weed, just being around people who smoke weed. Got them locked up. I'm talking about like Jamaica and probably other islands. I could imagine Africa. Because how they demonized weed. But they always put it with the black community. You could see it in the movies. It's a stereotype on black men. Right? Even black men who don't even smoke weed probably still get accused of smoking weed. Right? Even if you're a guy who just smokes cigarettes. So what I'm saying is, is the industry fair? Or do they even care? Because we know the devil is everywhere. Right? So, they will hide in sheep's clothing. Right? And not all black people are good for the industry because there is the wolves in sheep's clothing. People who will fool people with the regalia. Make themselves look like they're down black, you know. And they have the locks, they have the red, yellow, and green, and things like that. But they don't care about nothing but themselves, meaning their own pocket. And some of them don't even know nothing about their own self. They just know that you guys fell for it, and we're cool, and even uh, a square or a lame black person could fool a lot of people. Because of the stereotype, but still, does that doesn't even work. That doesn't even work. Even the guys who want to play the, 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 the Uncle Tom dressed up in regalia, that don't even work. That's how hard it is to get in. Because you could be kissing their ass all you want, go to all their events all you want, do all types of stuff with them. And you still ain't getting in. That's the reality. It's, almost, it's like the music industry. They'll make you work for them. They'll make a couple managers. But who's really running the machine? The corporation. It's still, it's still not us. The story ends the same. It's just reality, part of the game. Mary Jane podcast, man. I'm smoking. I love the herbs. Everybody loves the herbs. 
everybody, this should bring people together. But the reality is, there's still good and evil. Right? And this plant is getting abused, I feel. It's not really getting the love, I feel. It should be. That's why I made the Myra Jane podcast. Because it's more, this is a spiritual herb from the earth made to connect it in a different way. And it's a medicine. It should be promoted more like that too. I think there's a lack of that. It's like when you're talking history, people don't want to hear about like realness. They'd rather hear like all the, what it's called the fake news or the excitement or the clout of it. Meaning the names and the who smokes it and like the pop the, the pop culture of it. They don't want to hear the science of it. And they don't it's like they want to hear it, but no, they don't want to hear it. Because when he's talking about the conspiracies which is real about it, that's where it stops because money has to make. But this is what you can't hide from because a hundred years hasn't passed or so to brainwash people. There's still probably people locked in jail for go for marijuana. That's why even whatever, however they made it, even if they made it up, it's a hypocrite what America is doing. Talking about Russia with this, with Griner. And they were locking people up for just even a roach. Even if you had something like what she had, you probably would get some time before the popularity in these last couple of years of weed. Let's go back 10 years and define a pipe in your bag. Not even no weed, just pipes. You might get some time just for that. Depending what state you're in. I guarantee I don't even have to dig deep. But they were locking people. And if you just had even a little weed, you were going to jail no matter what. If you have weed, you're going to jail. There's no if or buts unless it's off. Unless it's off camera. I don't know, camera. No one sees that you have it and the police hides it for you or gets rid of it or something like that. If you have weed, especially in America, you're going to go to jail. Different, there's different lengths of time. Maybe not a lot for some at the at that time in history, but I know that if you have like an ounce, you're gone. It's like you have cocaine or something. But was is it the same for everybody? That's the mystery. Is it the same for everybody? Has there been a lot of cases where? For example, Caucasian males have gotten caught with marijuana, gone to court, if they even go to court, gone to court and got it dropped. Or even if they didn't get it dropped, it was a light sentence, like very light compared to a guy who done the same thing, who's black. Like other cases, you hear it, you could imagine how much years you get. And now that it's illegal, it's even more worse because if you're trying to sell it, and you are not licensed, you are going to get actually maybe more time than if it was illegal. So all the people who were benefit from the, benefit from the black market, 
and there's all type of people doing it, but especially if you're black, you're more targeted. I'm just saying, like everything else, what goes on. Check the, the stats. So, I'm just saying, there's cultural vultures in another way. That they'll use your culture, but they don't respect you. They will use your culture and in all different ways, but they won't respect you. They do it to black people all the time. And cannabis is everybody's culture, a lot of people's culture. But I'm saying how can how cannabis was introduced or popularized, right, was from the black culture, the inner cities, and the what if you want to call minorities. Especially now in pop culture. One of the only genres what really promote weed smoking. What is it? It's hip-hop. Other genres, yeah, people smoke weed from all type of genres. But who promotes it the most? It's hip-hop. And that's from black culture. So put two and two together. They do... They don't want us to have any control of ourselves like always. But we could work for them, maybe be a manager. But when you try to be yourself, it's a problem. And if you try to work with them, this is the thing. They don't want to work with you. Not really. Because they're scared of competition. As I tell you right now, if I have a dispensary, I'll knock all of these dispensaries out. If I have a dispensary and control, right, with my brand, it will knock all of these ones out. And that's what they're scared of. They'll still have their shit going. But as I grow, I'll take over the whole shit. So they're scared of the black man. That's all it is, you know. Scared of a black man. It's like all the industries. Boxing, now the UFC, a black man, the, the, the fastest runner, a black man, right? They thought they wouldn't do the UFC, but look, and he's a Jamaican, fastest Jamaican, the last best heavyweight champion is Jamaican in boxing. The last great heavyweight champion is Jamaican, and I know he smokes weed. And I know you, <laughs> you both smoke some weed too. And I don't know about this UFC one, but I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Bob Marley popularized weed. Peter Tosh popularized weed. Even Snoop had to go to Jamaica and make an album about basically his experience with the Jamaican culture. Jamaican culture itself popularized ganja weed. People go to Jamaica just to smoke weed and learn about how they, they grew it. So what I'm talking is for real. Because the biggest weed advocates right now, I guarantee, are black, are minorities. There's a lot of white advocates. Much respect to them. Doing their work. But they probably get through what I called that shadow band type of style. Their shit goes through. And our shit stays put are slowly, slowly developing like everything. 
You know what I mean? Even for our rights. People get get their rights all through before us. Like reparations. We will not get... You'll see other people get all types of stuff recognized by the government. America or here. We're always the last. And it's probably the same with the cannabis. The Myri Jane Podcast. Bless up.